This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to All the Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and products. In a nutshell, we talk with people in the book industry about marketing and promoting their books. How do we get books into the hands of readers? That's the big question that we're trying to answer here. So the truth of the matter is we're going to have these conversations about the book industry, but other creative marketing industries can also gain information and knowledge and takeaways. Today, our guest is Erica Lyons, and she is a Hong Kong-based children's book author focusing on picture books through young adult novels with a preference for historical fiction written and inspired by the footnotes and margins of history books not wait for this interview. She is an active member of the Hong Kong Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. She's also the chair of Hong Kong Jewish Historical Society, the Hong Kong Delegate to World Jewish Congress, and the founder and director of PJ Library Hong Kong. I didn't know PJ Library had in in Hong Kong, so that's (laughs) awesome as well. She's the mother to five children. Welcome, Erica. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Glad to be here tonight. (laughs) I, this is amazing. So you said you've been in Hong Kong for 20 years. You have five children. Um, So did you start raising your family in Hong Kong or did you start here in the States? So I was in, we were in New York. Um, and moved here in 2020 with our oldest two, two children. So our then our only two children, but okay. in, uh, yeah, 2002. So oh, 2002. Uh, sorry, yeah, 2002. Excuse me. Yeah, and it's been yeah. So, wow, that's anyway. amazing. And um, I think that's very interesting. I love that you're taking your um, Jewish culture and heritage, and you're bringing it over to Hong Kong because something really cool that you had shared with me in the notes is that you published a magazine that went on for over a decade, correct? Uh, yes, it was called um, Asian Jewish Life. And so I actually didn't really bring my Jewish heritage to this region. It was already here. For, I mean, it was already here, but you you yeah. connected, correct. I yeah. guess. Like you connected. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, exactly. So I started it in 2009, um, really on, on my own. Um, so I was the founder, the editor in chief. I did all of the uh, grant writing. I did the design. I did the layout. I did the distribution. <laughs> um, and I sourced writers from really all over the region. Um, and, um, you know, I met incredible people. I learned a lot um, through it um, and definitely learned a lot of things to sort of set me on my writing journey after that. So. Oh, my goodness. So the magazine came first and then you were inspired to write books. Is that what happened? Uh, yeah, I, I think it was probably, I always knew that I wanted to write. And when I came here, I mean, a great thing to do when you move is you can sort of reinvent yourself. And, you know, I left New York as a lawyer and I came here. And at one point my husband said to me, you know, you can sort of go back to work. We moved with a newborn and a one-year-old. So, you know, two years later, I said, okay, I should go, I should do something. He said, you know, you can go back to work as a lawyer but I don't think that's really your passion in life. And you have an opportunity that most people don't have. We may only be here for one year, two years, but you can you know, have that opportunity and that time now to figure out what it is. And I think that sort of deep down, I knew I wanted to write. So I did, you know, sort of any kind of writing jobs that I could find, you know, from writing for the luxury market to writing for the hospitality industry, really anything I could find um, just to sort of get myself writing, you know, sort of since I guess university was the last time I sort of wrote in any way that was you know, creative. Yeah. Um, so, and then I came up with the idea for the magazine and it was, you know, from there had a life of itself. You know, of its own, amazing. So. Tell us about that first book that was published after the magazine. 
So I'm um, actually very, very new to KidLit. So I closed the magazine in 2016, and I just really started my KidLit journey uh, formally in about 2000 and I guess 2019 is when I started querying for the first time. And um, I guess in about 2020, and I but but I would query, you know, sort of a few queries here, a few queries there, and then I'd sort of get the idea that I wasn't ready, uh, you know, how to really learn more about the industry and how to write for kids. And then I sent out this book alone together on Dan Street um, in, let's see, so the pandemic has sort of ruined my grasp of For all of us, right? Chronology. <laughs> so I sent it out in, um, I think it was in March of uh, 2021 and kind of really wrote it pretty fast. It just came to me. We, Hong Kong had been shut down as of most of China. Uh, our kids hadn't been in school for almost a couple of years at that point. And you know, I'm sitting in the house with kids and I wanted to work on novels. And it's really hard to work on a novel. We live in an apartment. And when you have you know five children and two adults trying to work from home in an apartment, it's difficult. And I kind of found that a picture book, you know, it's, while they're not easy to write, they're certainly shorter <laughs> and they certainly uh, take less time than writing a full novel. And I sort of wrote, I wanted to find a positive way to sort of frame the pandemic, I think for my children, for other children, and also for myself. And I uh, came up with this idea just from watching sort of uh, while doom scrolling, I sort of found these videos of um, events in Italy. People were singing, you know, opera on their balconies. People were singing Broadway show, uh, Broadway show tunes in New York. And then I saw in Israel on Passover, people were singing uh, their Passover Seder out on their balconies so that everyone can join in with one another. And I thought, there's my story. So that's um, wonderful. You know, and you say yeah. you're very, you say you're relatively new to Kidlet, but yeah. you kind of hit the ground running, let's just say, because yeah. you have that book. So that book came out in 2022. Yeah, I queried in twenty. I queried in twenty twenty one, and they sort of put a rush on it because it was a pandemic story. So while you know it should hopefully have themes that will transcend that moment in time, and we'll, we'll be talking about it forever. Um, they really wanted to get that out sort of on the uh, faster side. So which I mean, definitely in picture book in the picture book world, one year is is pretty fast. Quick. It is. Um, it yeah. Is. So and then I have a uh, you know uh, five other announced titles. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You hit the ground running. That's really great. Yeah. And what about, um, so we're really today we want to, one of your expertise, I would say right. is, um, talking about what is your niche, right? Knowing your right. niche. So why historical fiction? Um, so I think that from my magazine was focused on, um, first the history of Jews in the region. And I sort of had that background from the historical society and history is something that's always interested, that's always interested me. So, um, and I think that I found that as I started to talk about the history of Jews in Asia, most people were sort of unaware of it, um, unaware how vast it is, you know, how many countries it spans and how long uh, the history was here. So I found that that was something that was interesting, not just to me, but to other people as well. And sort of, you know, the next sort of logical thing to take as you're writing about history is, I think, to sort of take it to historical fiction. Um, and, you know, knowing your niche, certainly when you go and tell people that you're going to start a magazine called Asian Jewish Life, you know, you definitely get a few uh, funny glances. And it, I think that people's first reaction was you're going to run out of things to talk about very fast. And, you know, clearly it's, it's you didn't. True. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not true. Um, yeah. But well, I, and... I think it comes down to knowing to really knowing what your niche is. And that I think it works. So. And what how do you think people discover what that niche is? Like what what are some ways that, that you can really figure out what it is? Well, I think that some people's niche um, might be something from, you know, sort of lived uh, lived experience. It might be from, you know, academic um, accreditations. It might be from research. So I think it's really just sort of finding out what that thing is. But I really believe that like everybody has, you know, one 
you know, one area that really they are uniquely, uh, and, you know, sort of an expert in, you know, if I take just my own children, you know, one is an expert in uh, military history of World War II on the Asian theater, you know, it's, so I think it's sort of, it's sort of, it's sort of like that one topic that, you know, you keep on going back to, and that's the one thing you want to read. And as soon as you discover it, you know, you, everything you read and everything you study and everything you're looking for is sort of really focused on that one area. So, you know, it, and that's interesting because I'm looking at your bio and we, you talked about the founder and director of PJ Library in right. Hong Kong. So tell us a little bit more about that because I feel like PJ Library is not exactly centered around historical, but it is. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah, so I mean, PJ Library, um, it started in the US. And the idea is that, you know, while everybody, you know, hopefully is reading books to your children, and you have access, you know, sort of to literacy in your home and preschool literacy, but to have literacy that's specifically Jewish literacy for children and bringing Jewish books um, into Jewish homes. Um, and the programs just spread from there. So there's, there's, you know, PJ Library, I know, in Singapore and Shanghai and Beijing. I mean, all over the world, that's just sort of this region. Uh, I'm actually, um, I distribute to a family in Malaysia. So, you know, it's, um, so, you know, it's very, it's very, very broad. I mean, their books are, some books are historical, some are about holidays, and some are really just, you know, simply about Jewish joy or Jewish values. Wonderful. Um, so it's not so far afield. I think that's sort of just, you know, again, paired with my interest in Jewish, in uh, children's literature. Sort yeah. Of and as far as the manuscripts, the picture book manuscripts that you've queried and that you have announced, are any of them historical fiction? Or do you feel like, because I, I don't think, I think one of the things is people probably feel like they're pigeonholing themselves by saying, this is my niche, right? Right, right. So I, I think that you're not really uh, pigeon your, you're not pigeonholing yourself. Um, so of, of, well, of my books, I'm queer, actually I have one on submission, which is just middle grade historical fiction. So hopefully that will sell at some point soon. And I'm actually working on editing another historical fiction, which is entirely based in this region. Um, also historical fiction with a little touch of magical realism. But of my picture books, um, yeah, I have a few, I think three that are historical fiction. Um, one is a, sort of a folk tale. It's a story from the Talmud that I placed into 11, the year 1100 in the city of Kaifeng, China. So it's sort of historical fiction blended with, uh, you know, a story from the Talmud. But I, I, I think that, um, you know, once you start doing, you know, once you start sort of doing research on a topic or an area of interest, and you sort of go down that rabbit hole, um, even on a topic, you know, that you think is fairly narrow to start, um, you know, you start realizing, you know, how vast it is and how many, you know, opportunities there are and things to write about. Um, you know, one of my, uh, the novel that I'm working on editing now um, is it started with, I was in an archive and I found a letter and in one sentence, sort of in the postscript, in the letter, uh, it was, a somebody mentions that there was an a um, stowaway found on a ship. Of, of, so it's a ship of refugees going from, of Jewish refugees going from Shanghai to Hong Kong in uh, 1946. And there was a teenage stowaway on the ship. And I thought a teenage stowaway. And I, I thought that I knew everything about that ship and the people on that ship. And then I find this one sentence and I think, you know, I have to know more. And, you know, so I started exploring from there and I said, okay, that, that's not a whole book, but that's in a book. And, and similarly, I found one line in somebody's biography about a city in uh, Harbin, so in Manchuria, in, in um, uh, now China, in 1945, where these teenagers, in order to save themselves from the Soviet, burned their own archives, Jewish teenagers. And I thought, wow, okay, that's also maybe not a whole book, but that's got to be in a story. That so it's sort of so taking neat. these tiny things, but, you know, 
I was researching Harbin, I didn't expect to find that. And I certainly didn't expect to find, you know, researching Shanghai to find this stowaway on a ship. Very so cool. I, I think that, you know, right, even things that seem small and narrow are much, much broader once you really start to um, research them and, um, you know, read more. So Yeah, that's really neat. And you're taking your research. I mean, being an attorney, a lawyer in New York, I mean, that's a big part of what you were doing. You were discovering and researching. And so you're right. combining your past with your future, your present. <clears throat> now, this is going to be a hard question. Are you yeah, ready okay. for it, Erica? Uh, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> okay. So you are on the other side of the world mm -hmm. and you are, you are publishing, you have published children's picture books in English. Right. So how can, how are you getting visibility outside of your publisher? What are mm -hmm. some um, creative ways that you feel like you're getting visibility on your books? Now you can't say social media because I feel like that's the easiest answer for you, right? Social media, if you're on well, social media. Social media is de definitely, definitely an easy answer. And it's been invaluable, especially, I mean, especially during the pandemic. I think yeah. that I was already using uh, social media to build my platform for the magazine. And essentially, you know, I have that same platform for my kid lib. People that are interested in Asian Wonderful. Jewish history or sort of interested in Asian Jewish history in whatever format you're presenting it in. Oh, I love that. Um, so that's that's definitely been, I mean, so yeah, so while social media is the easy answer, I, you know, I was already really, I mean, I was already reusing it really, really effectively, you know, on Facebook and on Twitter um, before. And so, you know, we switched now to the pandemic when it's the only thing I can use. Mm -hmm. um, so that has been great. But I also, you know, looking forward, looking sort of ahead at the other books that I have coming out, um, you know, I have two coming out in the fall of 2023. So, you know, right you know, now I know that I'm going to have a trip to the U.S., you know, 2023 and sort of try to do, you know, a couple of weeks and, you know, I, I think sort of uh, hit the ground really running and uh, really promote both of those books as much as I can once they're out, you know, together. Yeah, um, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's sort of, you know, I have to be, I think, a little bit more creative, but, you know, English language, there's definitely an interest in English language books here. Um the pandemic one, I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be participating in the Hong Kong uh, Literary Festival with that book. Um, and my books in 2023, one of them is based in uh, Kaifeng, China. So, and it really is uh, in a sort of a folktale format, which will have a broad appeal. Um, and, and I think that, you know, the thing about Jewish books, like, you know, any books is Jewish books are books. And I think, you know, you sort of, you know, you, you focus on sort of the particular and the specifics, but the message is universal. Yeah. So, you know, your, your, you know, your niche is particular, but mm -hmm. your niche is much, much broader because within your niche, you're sort of talking about universal values and universal ideas. And you know, people have the same concerns and anxieties, you know, no matter what your starting point is. So. Absolutely. I love that. Ooh, that'll be exciting for the for your fall next year. And I think the festivals is another really good one um, that I don't think authors talk about enough. There are festivals everywhere, and it's a great place to share your book, to meet people, to network yeah. with other authors, to be in front of your readers. So I appreciate you sharing that. And um, what time of year is that festival? So the festival is actually this March, um, which would be great because it'll be about a month before Passover. My book is sort of linked to the Jewish festival of uh, Passover. Okay. Um, but, you know, I think also looking, I think sort of looking forward to the uh, two books coming out in 2023. Again, one I said is Chinese. So it, it takes place in China. So it's going to have a broad appeal here to sort of automatically. But even the other one, the other one's sort of a, it's a feminist STEM retelling of the Noah's Ark story, which um, it, with sort of math. It gets it really gets a little bit wild, but you know we have a we have a Noah's Ark model. Uh, we have a Noah's Ark here in Hong Kong, which is it's uh, supposed to be to biblical proportions, 
um, and it's on an island. I mean, it's it's massive. So you know, one of obviously one of the first things I'm going to do is contact them and say, "Look, I'd love to have my launch on Noah's Ark." You know, oh can my I come? gosh, that is so, amazing. Yeah, so, um, you know, so I, I think it's sort of you know realizing that my stories aren't as you know niche. Yeah, as I sort of you know play them out to be that that's going to appeal to a lot of people and it's a familiar story. Who cool is that? So, yeah. Oh my goodness, I'd make a trick yeah. trip out for that release. I really would. I really would. I haven't told them yet, but hopefully they'll hear this. And uh, <laughs> I know, know I I'm know. Coming, so. We'll tag them. We'll tag them on social media. Exactly. Well, Erica, this has been wonderful. I'm just thrilled to be able to hear your journey and your story, and um, I think you ha- you are very lucky to have someone who who supports you and who said hey, look, I don't know if this is what you're passionate about when you move. Like this is a a good time to start over. And I think a lot of people, that's where they're stuck getting into writing is they feel like, okay, well, I already went to school for this career. And so this is what I'm doing. Um, But is it what you're passionate about? I think that's that's really great. And it it comes through. Yeah, it does come through. So thank you so much. And we will share all the links to your wonderful news coming up and all the releases in our show notes so that you can be connected to Erica and follow along her journey and hopefully see some really great pictures on the Instagram of what's happening in her author world. So thank you, Erica. Great. Thank you so much. If this episode resonated with you, let's take it a step further head over to cardinalrulepress.com and check out our blog. It is filled with resources for anyone who loves books, whether you are a publisher, a librarian, a bookseller, or an author. We help you to figure out ways to get visibility around those books. Thanks for listening to All the Right Marketing with Maria Desmondi. If there is a topic you would like us to explore and cover, please email podcast at cardinalrulepress.com. Head over to our website, cardinalrulepress.com, to sign up for our monthly newsletter where you can learn more tips on getting books visible into the market. Last but not least, follow us on Instagram for a daily dose of all things books. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review or share with a friend or colleague. Thanks so much.